Hey friends, welcome back to the Faith and Finance Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Hildebrand, and this is episode number nine with Jason and Hillary Lowther. Guys, I have a very special treat for you today. This is my first interview on the Faith and Finance Podcast, so I'm really excited about it. I have the chance to talk with an amazing couple, um, Jason and Hillary Lowther, and they are from my church, but I, as you will hear in the interview, they were kind of the go-to money people at our church, and I kind of wanted to hear their story, and I knew that you guys would appreciate their story as well. They're very insightful, inspiring, and will give you some faith in your finances too. I really hope you guys enjoy this episode. Hey, Jason and Hillary, welcome to the Faith and Finance Podcast. I'm really glad you guys are here and decided to talk with me today. Um, I introduced you in the uh, intro, but for our listeners, if you can tell me a little bit about yourselves and tell everyone else a little bit about yourselves and then kind of your money story. Okay. Uh, This is Jason. Uh, I am uh, 44 years old, I guess. (laughs) Uh, I work for the state of Indiana. I'm an engineer, and my wife, Hillary, I'm not going to introduce you. Go ahead. Thanks. And I just want to jump in and say thanks for having us, because this is awesome. So, so cool of what you're doing, and just really honored that you wanted to have us. But, so I'm Hillary, and I'm recently passed into that 40, since we're talking about how old we are, and I'm also an engineer. That's actually really cool. Like. I actually didn't realize. I think I knew you. You were a civil engineer, right? You're both civil engineers, yep. I guess. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that Hillary was as well. Yeah, until yeah. I'm a WVU grad. She went to Purdue, so don't hold it against her. <laughs> <laughs> Boiler up. Yeah, I won't. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about kind of like your story with money. So I'll preface this and say when I first started attending my church, the sanctuary. Everyone's kind of heard me talk about that, my church a little bit. Um, I had always heard that Jason and Hillary are kind of like the money people or whatever. And they do like the finance stuff. And I was like, well, what does that really mean? So then I started getting to know you and I've had a couple conversations with Jason. Um, so just kind of talk about like your money story and why maybe someone would call you the money people. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I would call myself a late starter, you know, the, uh, the two things that a person has going for them when it comes to money growth and building wealth is time and and return on investment. And I, I got started late, though, in college. I had engineering economics, and I understood the time value of money. I didn't apply it until later on in life. Uh, but I think the, the reason why, it's, uh, it's kind of a candy stick. I'm a do-it-yourself investor and have studied that for, for a number of years. So I think that... Um, people recognize us as that number one just the the hopefully the encouragement that we bring to others when it comes to when it comes to matters of money uh not just in hey you need to get rich and do all this (laughs) stuff but the balance you know what we what money is for you know uh dave ramsey said it's it's to give to spend and to save and um so i think that hillary and i have demonstrated that um we i don't know that we boasted about it or beat ourselves on the chest but I think we've just lived it and uh, probably two years ago or so actually three years ago we were approached by our pastor to uh, take over doing um, a money portion of marriage counseling and so we've been doing that now for for a few years and and so I think you know those things have helped us become the recognized as the money people yeah 
And I think it's interesting because I'll get into our backgrounds just a little bit. I grew up um, fairly stress-free with money. So we never had to worry about anything. I graduated college debt-free. You know, I didn't really struggle. Where Jason, I think, came from a background where he had a harder time growing up. And coming into this dynamic of two very strong personality, engineer personalities, <laughs> that we really were very independent before we got married. Um, it was difficult for me, I think, at first to kind of let him take the lead because I was doing it on my own as well, but I watched him, and this is something that he's passionate about, and I think my um, upbringing of not having to worry about money made it easier for me to be like, yeah, sure, invest it. I don't care. It's fine. We're, <laughs> we're going to be good, and he was so oh, let's do this market research and let's this and let's that and let's do a deep dive into stocks. And he would just, you know, I knew how cautious he was and I figured, you know, hey, if I can trust this man with my life, I'm, mm. <laughs> well, it's the money that we're going to invest. And I think, too, for me, investment money, I looked at that as play money. Sure. Like if he lost it in stocks or if he lost it in something else, I wasn't going to get too upset about it. But my upbringing, I didn't have a oh, we're struggling for every penny for every dollar. So I think that, and then being an engineer, I have a very comfortable salary, you know, and I think that kind of led itself to me kind of being like, yeah, sure, try it. And so I think he was able to get into investing a little bit more and um, learning about stocks and bonds and everything else that you've gotten into. But um, I think, too, through that, that education that he brought upon himself and upon us, we were like, wow, we started too late. <laughs> we yeah. really started too late. We shouldn't have been starting this in our 30s. You know, we really should have listened to other people and been starting in, you know, in our 20s. And you do that, you do that math and you're just like, wow, yeah. wow. So I think that that's his passion now to teach others and anybody that'll listen to say, hey, here's what I've learned. Here's, and, and I'm the free spirit to a T. I mean, I could spend money... <laughs> And live like a rock star and be completely broke and he would be living on ramen noodles <laughs> in a in a cardboard box so I think that's kind of his passion too is to to teach what he's learned and I think that's another thing that has made us be something of a hey they know what they're doing and I don't know if it's me it's more him but I've come to the point of in the marriage counseling hey plan for King's Island plan for a ski mm. trip, plan to have fun, because build this up into your budget, otherwise, you know, you'll be scratching for pennies, and you'll be frustrated, and you'll live in a box, <laughs> you'll be angry at the budget, which I was, and I've overcome, so I think we bring different strengths as far as money, because I, um, I'm able to kind of turn over the reins to him, and let him take leads, and take a uh, risk as far as investing, and have a comfort level with him and letting him do those things so I think that and his willingness to teach and want to teach the things he's learned I think that's probably one of the reasons why if anybody if anybody says anything great it's mostly about my husband because he's an awesome guy <laughs> you're both awesome yes absolutely so there's like a couple things you said there that um first of all things that like I totally agree with and believe in but so like number one, you said because of how I was raised and usually mm -hmm. that's a negative connotation when it comes to money, I think like a right. mindset. Um, and I actually talked about this in 
two episodes or something ago, like, we were talking about our values and how we're raised can, um, shape our mindset about money. And so you said it in a way that was like, I didn't have to worry for anything. And so then when I got married, my mindset was like, okay, it's fine. Like we don't have need for anything. And there's something to be said about that too, because, um, again, it's usually kind of a negative mindset about money when people are like, well, I didn't learn about money growing up, but you maybe didn't learn about it, but you didn't, didn't, you didn't have like a need like to really care about it because you didn't hear like your family worrying about it and stuff like that. So there's something to be said for that. Um, and then also you didn't mention the part about, uh, your schooling. You went through school debt free. So yeah, Hillary's an engineer and she makes probably real, actually, I know I'm sure she makes good money, but, and on top of that, she didn't have debt going to school, which you guys already know. This is my like thing. I hate student loan debt and I'm like, I urge kids, I'm like, at least without some like counseling or like talking to somebody about it. So if you can talk about that, um, and then it's not going to kill you to like work through school, but that's a whole other rant for another day. But, um, so yeah, so Hillary is an engineer and she doesn't have debt, like student loan debt. That is incredible. So right off the bat, she was like, yeah, let's make this money. Exactly. I was like, all right, let's get a new car. Well, I think I got a car in college actually, but um, and I was at Purdue for five and a half years with a bachelor's and it still was debt free. So Jason came out with a master's in five and a half years, but Hey, um, I think for me, I got a job at 16 and that was just something that my parents did. You know, we, they didn't talk about money a whole lot. They took care of things. My dad always did bills on Saturday morning and there was a lot of like, you know, sitting at the table and them talking, but it didn't really involve, um, my brother or I, we were just kind of, you know, but we were taught to have jobs. So I had babysitting jobs and I got a job at 16 and I've <laughs> I complained to Jason, I'm so done working because I've had a job since I was 16. I haven't stopped working since I was 16. Mm-hmm. And I did, I did work through college. So, um, I had a couple jobs that I worked and I cleaned hotel rooms. I, um, waited tables at Texas Roadhouse. It was so much fun. People skills and <laughs> and work ethic. It mm-hmm. was great. So for me, and then too, as I got, you know, you know, in that fifth year, the professors were like, "Hey, you want to start working in the labs?" So I'm like, "Yeah, sure, I'll do that stuff." So, um, but I was blessed. My granddad gave me a huge um, portion of it. My parents helped with a lot. Um, I unfortunately was in a wreck that I got a settlement for. So there's a couple different things and pieces, but college was always that thing that my parents were like, you're going, it's not optional, and you're paying for it. Mm. <laughs> and that was always their mindset to me. And so when I got money, I didn't blow it because I knew, hey, this is coming, you know. And unfortunately for me, 20 years ago, college wasn't as expensive as it is now, but that was always a, hey, you're going to go and you're going to pay for it. So your story is a little little different isn't it yeah a little bit <laughs> well talk about it uh first first person that i recall in my family i think i was the, like the first person to go to college um and you know i didn't I, my i knew of food stamps because my mom had them and and box dinners in fact it's funny we had a spaghetti dinner tonight <laughs> that was a box spaghetti dinner i think it's like a dollar eighty that 
at least me and the kids had it, you know, because it's just that nostalgic yeah. thing, you know. It's like, had it for dinner tonight, I'm 44 years old. SpaghettiOs. Yeah, but uh, it's Kraft, Mac, or Kraft Spaghetti, Bach Spaghetti. But, I didn't even uh, know that was a thing. Yeah, it's delicious, you should try You'll need a jar of uh, tomato paste to go along with it. That's awesome. Uh, but no, I, 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 I was fortunate enough, as, um, I did pretty well in school. And um, got to that place in high school, and I was like, "Well, what's next?" You know, and and I wasn't, I didn't really do diligence with it. You know, I just kind of went with it. I, I ended up majoring in, in engineering because of a friend's dad. He, we ended up going up in, in fr- our freshman year, actually before the freshman year, and had a conversation with a soil scientist or a professor in soil science. He's like, "Yeah, you guys are good in math and science. You should go in engineering." Okay, you know, so. Uh, went into that and you know I I had applied for a couple scholarships here and there and got a couple and and you know because of the financial situation of my family did get some some grants and some loans so I did not come out of college debt-free I made some some silly choices I thankfully got through my fourth year when I got into graduate school uh, I did get a stipend so they paid me (laughs) to go and I got that paid for but I still had that undergraduate debt so I think it I think when Hillary and I got together, well, actually it was before it came out, maybe like twenty four thousand dollars is what it what I had for for both degrees. Um, but yeah, you know, attacked it after I got out, and I think probably by I could have definitely hit it harder, maybe by age twenty eight or so, mm-hmm. had that had that paid for. So, yeah, yeah. So it, it, I always talk about like your the return on investment for schooling. And so as an engineer, because you guys make good salaries, that's not, I mean, that you can look that up on Glassdoor, what engineers make, but $24,000 in relation to the degree that you got really, the two degrees that yeah. you got really was not as bad as it could be. Right. And, you know I, didn't, and I, I wasn't as responsible. I, I did have a job. I too worked, uh, I've worked since, since 16, um, had work study through, through college uh, a couple years and then worked in the summer to, to save some money um, co-op slash interning but yeah it, it you know again I'll go back to Mr. Ramsey talks about at this point at that point in our time in our lives the the most important investment we could make was in ourselves mm-hmm. and though I could have came out with a whole lot less debt it, it certainly has paid for itself right uh, and bouncing off that, that is something that my parents put into me. So whenever I would throw around ideas for a major or a career, mm-hmm. they would kind of play it through. What's going to happen? How much are you going to make? Do some research on that. And I think that's something that we're working for with our kids too. You know, Be thinking about, are you going to make money on what you're <laughs> right. doing and what you're investing in? And you know, does it make sense to come out with a degree and maybe something you love? And then you're... You not know, able to get a job. Right. I mean, and that's, I listened to another um, podcast about that, and it's, college is a business. I mean, it really is, you know, and you need to think about what you want to do if you're going to make a career out of that, mm-hmm. what it pays, and do that kind of research, you know. So I think it's something that we're going to press for our kids. We've oh, already yeah. talked about them uh, going to school locally, possibly, and, you know, saving money and just really I could not in good conscience allow my children to come out of college now with a house payment. Right. You know, just it's not going to happen. For so, a degree and what is it that uh, Dave underwater says underwater basket. basket. That's the dip, that's <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. That return on yeah. the investment. We're not doing that. Yeah. Right. You know. 
we I could talk about that all day. And my, that my might daughter have to be another episode. Like, but... Wants to be a cooker at Steak and Shake. You yeah. know? I'm like, well, do that on your spare time, but then be a veterinarian or a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Something you love. Hey, so. I will say though to that, um, my friend Merrick's dad, which if Merrick's listening to this, he started off as like something like that at Steak and Shake, a server or something, and then was ended up being the vice president of Steak okay. and Shake. That's awesome. Like. Awesome. Yeah, so cool. So it's funny to say, like, not to be like whatever, but yeah. that goes to show too, like your work at, and right. he's like a really hardworking person, um, work ethic, and like now he owns his own other business. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. But it just goes to show too, like sometimes things are unconventional in the way that oh, like sure. life happens, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah. it's just funny you said that because it's like you know. But um, I agree with you, like feeling like your kids like you don't want them to have to no. go through all that too just, and I agree with that yeah. yeah and then teaching them about those concepts and and like teaching them about what a return on investment means right. um you know opportunity call like all That's these true, things yeah. so yeah. um Hillary mentioned that you like were self-educating about stocks and bonds and whatever so like yeah. what the average bear is like what is even that so like what got you interested in sort of that kind of thing i think i worked with a guy when i worked in indianapolis that he he was a day trader maybe a little bit and so he got me into investment investors business daily and and so i subscribed to their tools and and went down um a, a path of trying to chart look for charting um, patterns and time that and to try to it it, it was not investing it was speculation but (laughs) it it at least got me introduced to you know uh, different online uh, brokers and and what bid and ask was and how to buy stocks or and even got into doing options at some point along the way options trading and and it actually helped me come to understand what was what investing probably should be, and so I don't do those things anymore. <laughs> uh, you know, Hillary talked about the trust aspect, and she's very risk tolerant, hmm. and so she would be a hundred percent stocks, probably up to sixty years old. Whereas, you know, I'm like let's, let's try it. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it. For me, I feel the pressure of us making sure when we come across the finish line at retirement that we have what we need during those retirement years. So there is some, some pressure there with that. But yeah, I just, I'm a, I'm a uh, numbers guy. I love spreadsheets and it, it just lets me nerd out and research on stuff. And she just lets me do my thing. And, and she hit on it too. Like at our church, you know, I have had a chance to speak to our youth and anybody that will listen, I would love, I'd love to convince them of the value of getting started early and I don't want to necessarily persuade them on what I think works best for us, but just to point them to some direction and say, hey, you need to check this out. And if it persuades you like it has persuaded me, then we can talk about that in more depth. But yeah, I just it's been fun. It's I've enjoyed it. It's come at a cost. I've made some bad mistakes, but you know, mm-hmm. who hasn't? Right. So. And I think one of the, I'm trying to think of like money stories with us and the important highlights one of the biggest things for us too was tithing Mm. and once we really just surrendered and I think that's one of our biggest struggles I'm throwing you under the bus with me but is having to understand everything because we're engineers you know we want to think it through I'm worse than you 
<laughs> well, I was looping us together, but so pull you down a little bit. <laughs> we like to understand that God's not a big why; He's a big faith. Mm. And I think once we surrendered that, that was really because it honestly, you could make two hundred, three hundred, four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars and struggle with money. But I think once we like grasp that concept of tithing and just doing it things things really became to click in place for us and became a little bit easier I think for us um you know I know we've we we both are managers and we both have climbed the ladder and I know that's because of his favor I know it is and um yeah doing things his way right and I think that was that was pretty pivotal for us early so that was a big big point but but yeah but, and I trust you because you, Jason, is always cognizant of the end and mm-hmm. having a retirement for us, which I think m- lets me trust him more, too, because he's, okay, how do you want to live when you retire? And I'm mm-hmm. like, like I live now, only rock star. <laughs> <laughs> so figure out that I money. just don't want to work anymore, Jason. <laughs> no next pressure. Year, next year. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> so I really, really appreciate that because when we look at numbers of, um, how many people have actually planned for retirement, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't want to work forever. I really don't. I want to have some fun and travel or do some fun things when we, you know, get our kids off to school <laughs> and have fun. But um, I really appreciate that he's got that in mind and, and has us on a zero-based budget and has things going where they need to go. Mm-hmm. So that's I really appreciate it. That's another one of his strengths. So I'm definitely bucking and kicking the whole way. <laughs> I need more money. I feel and that. gift. I need more money and clothes. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm definitely the spender yeah. in our family. Um, so to touch a little bit on, you, you mentioned it in the beginning about your, um, it became, it when you guys were asked to uh, kind of do the premarital financial counseling mm-hmm. business, um, you're like, well, there was a need that needed to be filled in. And I believe that that is true. But also, like, you don't just pick anybody to do those things, you know what I'm saying? So, um, I have had a lot of people actually ask me um, through my Instagram or whatever from for the podcast um, about if we could talk about, like, marriage and money. Yeah. And um, so, what I, I guess what I'm, I'm asking is, can you touch a little bit on the importance of of going through that in premarital counseling, even? I mean, because I think that's even before, like... Because it's one thing to say, yeah, marriage in our, or money in our marriage, but like, let's figure it out beforehand. So yeah. can you talk about like kind of the importance of yeah, that? Yeah, sure. We, um, you know, part of that end game that I was trying to achieve for, for Hillary and I, uh, it, you know, required to get, I don't like, we call it a budget. It's really a financial plan. You know, there are many aspects of it. And, yeah, and early <laughs> on, that's a good point. On, on early on, one of the mistakes I made, just the way that we approached that, and you can kind of hear it in the way that she's talking about that trust level and kind of giving me control of it, is that it led to some um, confrontation between she and I because mm-hmm. she felt like she was in prison and I felt like I was the police officer, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was one of the practical lessons that we had learned uh, the hard way is that, you know, if, if this is our financial plan mm-hmm. and be, just because I have the strengths of spreadsheets and I like to nerd out, it doesn't mean I own that. We own that together. 
and unfortunately we didn't recognize that early on mm -hmm. uh, but as time had passed and we communicated more we actually have a little routine now set up uh, typically we do it every weekend where you know I, I download all of our transactions for the year and I track those in a spreadsheet and I categorize them so we can we know what where they fit and if something if I'm not sure of something, I'll ask her, hey, what was this for? And maybe in the past, she felt like I was saying, why are you spending so much money? Mm -hmm. And now it's to the point to where, hey, he just doesn't know that I bought groceries with this <laughs> or I purchased something as a gift for somebody. And so I think that that guard has been let down and it, it takes some time. And it, it is a matter of, uh, uh, of unity and, and communication. Um, Reflective listening. Yeah, that too. You know, right. I, I said this. I, you know, you tell me what you heard because this is what I said. Sometimes it's important to get to that level to say, what did you hear me say? Right, but I think you know? too, getting on, getting on the same page early on too, just really is a, a set you know balance for a marriage. Just because if you're not being honest with either past or what you're doing now. I mean that really is one of the biggest things that people fight about you know is money mm -hmm. and I think one of the things that we do is just making sure that couples are aware where they are financially of the other and what's going on and um, so things aren't a surprise yeah. they have a plan you know they know where they want to go and just that they're able to talk about it and and to budget you know because if you yoke two people together and then they're trying to go in opposite directions it's not going to work yeah. and just kind of having a hey what are your um your your bills and what are what's your income and you know and then if couples aren't wanting to um, go complete numbers you know that's fine but just to have that awareness coming into it and knowing yeah I'm a spender and he's a saver and mm -hmm. how is that going to affect how we talk about money because it you know, just having those conversations, I think, is really, really helpful. And we advocate, too, that, you know, you come into the marriage as individuals, but when you get married, that's your one. Mm -hmm. And so you need to, we, we advocate that, hey, get rid of your old account, get rid of your old account, and create your together account. It's, it's your money together. It's not, you may, you may in the budget decide that you give each, each person some free money, mm -hmm. you know, to... To, to buy whatever throughout the week but it's it's intentional but you know I think that when you look at things through the lens of unity and um, uh, it, it just helps take things like selfishness and those things and kind of minimize those mm. I think naturally I fight being a selfish person you know so I have to be aware of that and and I have to look at things through you know how does this benefit her rather than how does it benefit me and um, so those are tough questions to answer, to ask even, you know, when you first get married. But they're mm -hmm. ones that are important, I think. Yeah, and too, and just family culture, what you came out of. Because my family, you know, we'd have huge Christmases, huge birthdays. Jason's family, you know, I have seen his granddad open up his wallet, hand a $10 bill and say, happy birthday. <laughs> just like, oh, where's the cake? <laughs> yeah. So those those conversations up front too, and setting you know being on the same page and setting expectations, mm -hmm. I think is really important for a couple because, you know, I think that when we first got married, and I started buying gifts for people. You're like, wait, wait, hold on, wait, what? <laughs> How What's much our gift budget now? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we can move on. <laughs>
I love it. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time because, ironically enough, uh, Hillary and Jason teach the Financial Peace University <laughs> class, yeah. um, and their last session is tonight, and I know they have to do that in a couple minutes. So to end this out, if you had to give your one tip like for dealing with money, and we'll, we'll even say let's say dealing with money in marriage. We'll make it even more specific because I feel like that's kind of broad. If you had to give one tip um, for those dealing with money in marriage or coming into marriage, what do you think that would be? <laughs> you let me go first. Yeah. Um, the first thing that popped in my mind is communication. Hmm. And I think that's just key for marriage in general, but communicating a budget and communicating and being honest about it because when we first got married I was like okay you can make the clothing budget five dollars not anymore I want some money (laughs) but being honest about that and for the for the reasons you know and and that reflective listening okay you're over here and that's not what I said (laughs) tell me what you heard because what I meant to communicate to you did not get received so I think that that's huge especially when in in terms of money just to get on that same page yeah this communication came to my mind too so uh she kind of touched on it i'll I'll maybe elaborate a little bit it's you know what's your dreams what's your goals uh where do you want to be because you know i told hillary one time you know i feel like when it comes to investing and planning building wealth for the future uh the stress that i had on me was we're on this boat and I gotta, I'm afraid that whenever that time comes, we'll pull that boat up to the dock, but it'll be at the wrong dock, you know? And so if we're not constantly talking about it, sharing what our goals and dreams are, what we'd like to, to do with that, then it's hard to be headed in that direction together. And so the communication, the sharing of goals and dreams and kind of holding hands with it um, is, is kind of what I would, say and I think put God first too I mean I we live we no doubt live a blessed life because we choose to do it his way and therefore he can bless that Mm -hmm. Uh, if you live life with a clenched fist I'm I'm not a natural giver and I'm thankful that God's paired me with one that is is a natural giver because again she makes me strong or I'm weak recognizing those things too uh, I could either she and I could either butt heads because I feel like she gives too much money away, but that's God's intent is to, mm. to be a steward and let blessings flow through you. Uh, I have to be willing to to do it His way, and then she can help me be better at that. So. And I can't live like a rock star <laughs> and expect to pull into the right, right. dog. The title yeah. of this episode is going to be "Party Like a Rock Star." Yeah, no, I'm go. just kidding. There you go. I'm just kidding. There you go. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm not at that dock anyway. Don't worry about it. <laughs> awesome well thank you guys so much thanks for, for, um, yeah, thanks for being us. on the show and i appreciate you guys probably more than you really know oh you too oh thank you so thanks again for being on the show Keep and listening to this podcast <laughs> How stinking awesome are Jason and Hillary? I really hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. And one of the takeaways that I got from this episode, I mean, there are so many to even name, but 
definitely the one that really hit home for me was making sure that I communicate with my spouse about money and also just the importance of learning about money together and going at it together. And so that's really awesome. But I'm sure you all have gotten something different out of today's episode. And that's why I didn't even do a couple of takeaways today because these guys are just so awesome and had so many good points to share with us. But thank you guys so much for uh, tuning in today and listening to the Faith and Finance podcast. You can find me at faithinfinance.org or on Instagram at faith.in.finance. Keep the faith, my friends. Have a good week.